You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Humby Savetta. All right, guys. Well, before we get started here, i just like for everyone to bow their heads and pray as we kind of get into this. Lord, I pray that you would protect all the people here from distractions. I pray that you would be with each and every person here as they get settled in and that you would just keep them safe. And I pray that you would just knock out any single influence of demonic or evil or anything else, Lord, that might be messing with them during this time, and that they're able to open up their minds and their hearts and listen to your word. God, we thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, back when I was in high school, guys, there were three things that I was putting all my effort into. The first one was my grades because, you know, I wanted to do like cool things after high school and whatever, and I was kind of a nerd, I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, the second one was girls because, you know, I was a high school guy, and that's what high school guys do is they put effort into running after girls. It wasn't until like years and years later that I realized that girls were much more interested in the dudes that didn't pay attention to them and put effort into them than the guys that did put effort into them. So uh, I had a lot of nights hanging out with the guys in high school. Um, But above all else, what I worked the hardest at, what I put the most effort into when I was in high school was football. You see, I was a hard worker. I wanted to be the dude that caught touchdowns on Friday nights. I wanted to be the guy that got his name in the paper on a regular basis. I wanted to be that guy that everybody knew. So again, I was a hard worker. I worked really hard at it. But from the spring and summer going into my senior year, I put everything I could into it. I got extra workouts in. I went and I studied film a little bit more. I was like, playing Madden and like thinking through plays and designing offenses to like shape my mind to think about football all the time. It was, it was crazy. Not only that, that summer, uh, I had a job as a lifeguard. So what I would do in every single break was I would get out and I would swim laps just the entire break, right? And then other breaks, I would uh, get into the water and kind of get to the shallow part and I would run back and forth with the water. So like it would help with my explosion, you know, and all that resistance against me. I was doing everything I could to be the best football player I could be and just wring out all the talent I could out of this body. So uh, when the season came around, uh, I was a little bit disappointed because I found out that my body didn't have that much talent in it. It was only so much. I was getting everything I could out of it, uh, but that still really didn't amount to that much. So I got exactly as much playing time as I got the year before, which was next to nothing. I got in during the blowouts, and, and I got to you know, push some people down from time to time, and that was it. Uh, but what was different from years past was that I worked so much harder. I'd put so much different effort into it, and I was so disappointed at this point. And the football season, it went from being this joy that I got to spend uh, doing time and being active and just getting, you know, good exercise and all this uh, to just a disappointment. And I just kind of went through the motions and it was just frustrating and just defeating, to be honest. Um, And that kind of set up something, all those feelings set up something kind of strange not too long after that. One night I I had this dream uh, that felt a little too real to be a dream. And maybe, you know, it was like the King Kong nachos I ate from Chacho's the night before. You guys know they're like stacked up like this tall, man. It's crazy. Or maybe like I'd seen The Matrix, 
you know, two dozen times, which is probably how many times I saw The Matrix uh, at that point in my life. Just crazy, just seen it so much. Uh, but in this dream, I'm in this giant white room, like when Morpheus and Neo meet, right? And they're sitting down at these two chairs, just like that. So I'm in this white room, the same white room, and I see the two chairs. So I start walking up to them, like, hey, I'm going to check this out. And as I get closer, I realize that there's a guy sitting in one of the chairs. So I, I get a little bit closer, curious, and uh, I see the guy. He's dressed in all black, just like Morpheus was, and he's wearing sunglasses, but he's got a goatee. And so uh, I see him, and the guy, like, makes eye contact with me and kind of motions to me to come and sit down next to him. So I go up, and uh, I sit down, and the guy, like, just gets right into it. No pleasantries, no how you doing, no nothing, just right into it. He says, hey, Humby, I have an offer for you. I'd like to make you the best wide receiver the state of Texas has ever seen. You're going to go like on this crazy growth spurt. You're going to go like five inches over the next month and a half. You're going to get faster. You're going to get stronger. And you're going to have so much more ability than you ever thought you could have. What do you say? So this was the exact thing that I wanted in my life, right? This was the number one thing. All my effort, all my extra time was being poured into doing this one thing. And here there was this, I don't know what, sitting across from me, offering me all this stuff. But something felt off. So I told him, no, nah, man, I'm good. And I wish I could tell you the next thing I was going to say, or the next thing I said was, yeah, because I believe in God and I got Jesus and you can't give me anything that Jesus can't give me. No, I told him, no, man, I'm good. I can do this by myself. I don't need your help. So my stupid pride is what kept me from making a terrible decision in that point. And looking back on it, I'm kind of embarrassed. Because there I was, sitting in front of something that was potentially evil, even demonic. And I didn't know the right way to deal with this stuff. So what about you guys? Has there ever been something in your life that you couldn't really explain? And when you were in the middle of it, you didn't know how to deal with it? So how are we supposed to handle encounters like this and so many other things? Do we run? Do we cry? Do we scream? Do we fight? Well, centuries ago, the book The Art of War was used to train Chinese military officers on how to think through warfare on a physical level. And in the third chapter, Sun Tzu had this to say about how to approach your enemy. He said, know the enemy and know yourself. In 100 battles, you will never be defeated. And when looking at the Bible, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians, and he gave a great broad overview of what the Christian life looks like, what Christian faith looks like. And in this, he helps believers and non-believers alike understand what the identities of a Christian are. And part of that is what spiritual warfare looks like for Christians. And in that letter, a similar theme to what Sun Tzu had to say was developed, which brings us to our big idea for today. Know your enemy, know yourself, and you will never lose. 
So let's take a look at what Paul had to say in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all the armor of God, all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So this first piece of scripture, Paul is introducing us to our enemy. Know your enemy, right? That's the first thing. And it's important for us to know our enemy because with that basic knowledge, we can understand how to counteract them. It's like uh, fire, right? We all know fire. and We all know how to put out a fire. You just throw some water on it, fire's done. But then when you come across a grease fire, water doesn't really do that much to it. You have to suffocate a grease fire. You have to take away all the oxygen from a grease fire. And that's, you have to change your strategy, right? And that's what we have to do in our lives. We have to know what we're fighting against to be able to counteract it correctly. So we know who our enemy is, right? It's the devil. That's what they talk about right here. So who is the devil? Well, the devil is a fallen angel. At one point, he was hanging out in heaven with God, doing whatever angels do. But one day he decided, I need to be worshipped the same way that God is worshipped. And it didn't go over really well. So he was cast down out of heaven. And since then, the devil opposes God, his word, and his people against all of it. The devil is evil, bad dude, all the way to the core, nothing good in him. So when the devil was cast out of heaven, a third of the angels were like on board with what the devil was doing. So they got cast down out of heaven too. And now that third of angels are his demons. And the devil leads the demonic army. And that army and the devil, they're looking to attack all believers. And guys, I want you to know this. The way they work, there's no code of conduct. There's no rules of engagement. It's just nasty, dirty, underhanded tricks. Your job, your secrets your spouse, significant other, even your children are not off limits. As a matter of fact, that's like what they specialize in. That's the one thing that they go for. That's the first thing that they go for. So guys, when you're in the middle of these attacks and you're feeling things coming against you and, and all that, I want you to know the reason that these attacks happen, it's not because like you messed up in the past. There's something that covers you. There's grace that covers you for that stuff. It's not a punishment. Oh, I messed up, so the devil's messing with me now. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. This is about your future most of the time. It's because you're about to do something fantastic or you're going to further God's kingdom in your life. Or you might be starting to cross that line of faith. That's when he comes calling. That's when he's knocking at your front door. It's not for any of this other stuff you did. It's about what you're going to do. He wants to keep you from doing that. So right now, if you find yourself getting a little fearful as I start to talk about this, or if you find yourself getting distracted, 
because you're hungry and you're thinking about lunch after this or the, the Spurs game that's going to happen later tonight or there's a cute girl sitting next to you, whatever it might be, I want you guys to put that out of your head. I want you guys to be focused and thinking about what God has to say to you today. Because don't worry about any of this fear or any of these distractions. They don't have any real power over you. That's why today's message is so important. We got to get that basic knowledge of who he is and what we're dealing with to win. Remember, know your enemy, know yourself, and you will never lose. So there are two last pieces of knowledge I want to give you about the devil and who he is and really who he is not. So the first one is God is sovereign over the devil. God is the man, right? He is the head of the universe. There's nothing more powerful than him, including the devil. And with that being said, the devil's ultimate defeat is sure. He's going down. It's going to happen. Really, with Christ, he was defeated. And you'll see that in multiple places, in Isaiah, in John, and in Revelation. So how do we leverage the authority of God? How do we leverage that power that he has in our own battles with the devil and those spiritual forces? Well, remember, know your enemy, know yourself, and you will never lose. So now we need to look at ourselves. And Paul explains exactly what we are capable of and what we need to do to defeat the devil and his army when we find ourselves in these battles. So back in Ephesians 6, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the breastplate of God's righteousness. Sounds easy enough, right? Put on God's armor. So what does that look like? Well, let's start with the belt of truth. So where Paul was at that time, uh, he was seeing a lot of Roman soldiers all around, kind of like the guy that you see behind us. And what he was doing was, scholars seem to think that he was basing this illustration off of the Roman soldier. And the way that their armor got put together is they would start with the belt. They put their belt on first. And everything else that they put on fastened in one way, shape, or form or rested on the belt. And that's kind of like our lives, right? We rest on a handful of different truths in our life. I know that there's a floor underneath me, which means I can walk across it. That's a truth that I understand can work. There are thousands, millions of truths in your life. And it's the same thing in these spiritual battles. And that's why Paul starts with that, right? He starts with it because he wants you to understand the truth that you have going. That's the base level that you're going to work out of. And really, he says it because that's one of the first things the devil's going to throw at you, is deception, to not believe the truth in this world. We've all heard those whispers, right? You're too dumb. You're too dumb to do this. You're too ugly. Nobody's going to like you. You're too fat. No way you can do anything. You've done way too many bad things in your life. And those Christians that you think are cool people, as soon as they find out who you are, they're not going to accept you. And for sure, their God isn't going to accept you. So just quit now. We hear all kinds of things like that. 
And I want you guys to know right now, that is not the truth. We are seen as masterpieces in God's eyes. For all of our existence since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God has done everything he can to bring us back into a close relationship with him. Everything he can. Now, if some of you regularly deal with these whispers and these doubts and this, these lies, we want you to lean on the truth that God has for you. And a great place to find those truths are in the Breaking Free classes uh, that we're going to be putting on here in the next few weeks. If you want some more info on that, go to the back and get signed up. Guys, you're going to learn a lot about what the truth is and what the lies are that you're being told in your life. So the next piece of armor that's talked about is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, when the word righteousness is used here, I know a lot of you might think, oh, cool, I know what that's all about. I'm made righteous through the sacrifice that Christ made for me on the cross, and I'm good. He took away all my sins. Uh, what that process is called, it's called justification. Now, in this instance, what uh, Paul is actually talking about is sanctification, which is the righteousness that we practice as believers. Once we cross that line of faith, how good are we living our life? That's what he's talking about here. That's our breastplate of righteousness. Now in this, what Paul is saying is that that part of the armor, the part that protects our hearts, is developed by living the life that God wants us to live, right? By living the most Christ-like way possible, we make that armor stronger and better every single day. By doing this, it protects our hearts from the assault of the devil. And that makes perfect sense, guys, right? Because when you're doing the right stuff and you're in the Word and you're doing all the right things and you're living your life in a, in a good season, when crazy bad things come up, you just knock them away. No big deal, right? It's all good. But when you're kind of going down that wrong path and you feel yourself doing all the wrong things for a season and stuff kind of comes against you, you're like, oh man, how am I going to do this? I don't know. And so that's part of that process. That's what protecting your heart is all about. Developing your breastplate of righteousness is all about. So the next piece of armor in Ephesians 6 is for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now in this, Paul is explaining our feet are prepared with God's good news, the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and we will be able to spend eternity in heaven with him because of that, because we believe in that. Now, by knowing ourselves and what we believe and what we don't believe and leaning on that good news, when the battle's going crazy around us, we can ultimately rest on that, right? So think about when bad things are going on in your life, you go, oh, well, you know, well, there's still that heaven thing. There's still this whole eternity thing that I got going for me, so that's good. But think about it. If you didn't have that, and you were just on your own in this world, and you just had to figure out some way to get through it, and there wasn't this good news to lean on, and there wasn't this thought of eternity to lean on, your life would be much different. That's exactly what he's talking about, wearing the shoes of peace and the good news. So let's take a look at what's next. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the evil one. 
So this is really cool. I like this one a lot because think about a shield. It's mobile, right? The breastplate just kind of hangs out here, but the shield I can put here, there, wherever, can, you know, put it behind my back, block those guys coming from behind. It covers basically everything. It can cover every single part of my body. And that's exactly what our faith in God is. It's kind of a coverall for us. It protects us from our head to our toes. So when you find yourselves in spiritual battle, hold on to your faith. That's what's going to quench the fiery arrows of the evil one, your faith in God. So do just that, guys. And the final parts of our armor, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So guys, at the end of the day, this is the most important thing. Your most important piece of armor. You can potentially deal with like an arrow catching in your hand or in your foot. But if you're in battle, walking around, and you catch a flaming arrow to the head, you're not going to do very well in that battle after that. It's like this. So when you're driving down the highway, and you see a dude on a motorcycle, and he's not wearing a helmet, you're like, come on, dude, you've got one thing to put on. Put on your helmet. Because you know a potentially fatal injury is right around the corner. And that's exactly what's going on in our lives. If we don't take up our helmet of salvation and put it on, and we don't have it, there is a potentially fatal injury waiting for us around the corner. This is our most effective piece of armor. This helmet is a representation of our belief that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and through that act, we were able to spend eternity with him in heaven. Now, what's really cool about this and what I really get fired up about is at the end of Jesus' life, the devil did everything he could to keep Jesus from going up on that cross, right? Temptations and words and all kinds of crazy stuff. Because he knew as soon as Jesus climbed up on that cross and was put up there and he sacrificed his life, the devil knew that he was defeated, that he was broken and he had no real power over this world anymore. So guys, if you can only take one thing away from today, I pray that it's this. Through Jesus Christ, the devil and all of his demons and all of his sins are defeated. I'll say it again. Through Jesus Christ, the devil and all of his demons and all of his sin are defeated. All you have to do is simply believe in Jesus and you can put on that helmet of salvation too. It's easy, very, very easy. So the final part of God's armor, it's not even a piece of armor. It's a sword, right? It's offense. That's what we like to see. That's what you get fired up about. The word of God is the best and most important weapon to fight off the enemy. When we're being tempted to do the wrong thing, when we're being told that we're less than, when we're hearing whispers in our ears that make us doubt our faith, it's the word that we can always go back to. It's the Bible that keeps us centered to the truths of this world. And what's cool to see is Jesus himself used this same tactic against the devil 
when he was in the wilderness and being tempted by him. In Matthew 4, it says, Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Guys, it's the same thing with us. If we can hold tight to the word of God, when the devil comes calling for us, when he's knocking at our door, when he's messing with our family, we've got something for him. We can fight back. We are not powerless in this. So remember the story that I shared with you guys earlier about uh, the dream and all that? Well, after I said, no, man, I got it. I'm good. I don't need you. The guy stood up, looked at me, kind of smiled, said, okay, well, I'll be seeing you around. I'll see you soon. And it was a few years later while I was in college that I realized he wasn't lying. You see, one night I was in a Bible study for college students, uh, and Doug was leading it. Uh, and what was in what's interesting about Doug is that he looks the same then as he does now. He hasn't aged at all. He's been old the entire time. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that, okay? Um, so that night, Doug's taking us through this, this Bible study, and he's explained to us what spiritual warfare is all about. And to me, I felt like my eyes had been opened to this world for the very first time. I felt like Neo in the Matrix. I could see everything. I get it now. And I was so excited, so fired up about it. I mean, I'd been a believer before, but I never thought about this side of things. I said, that night, I'm devoting myself to fighting this fight, to getting into it, and making sure that God's uh, kingdom reigns, and just being on God's side, and just doing all the stuff that comes along with it. I was on fire, so excited. So that night, you know, I get home, uh, say hi to my parents, whatever, go to bed, and um, I, okay, let me pause real quick. Uh, so with my last story that I told about the dream, uh, I know in, in a lot of ways there, there are things that you can do to explain it away. You know, it's a dream, it's just kind of weird, King Kong nachos, Matrix, whatever. There are a lot of things that you can do to explain it away, that it might not be necessarily spiritual warfare. I get that. But with this, guys, I know I was awake the entire time. I never fell asleep, there was no dream, there was no nothing. As a matter of fact, I've done research into this, and I've seen that things like this happen all across the world, across all cultures, across all faiths. It doesn't matter what faith you have, things like this happen to people everywhere. And there are actually a few people on my team that have experienced things exactly like this. Okay, so that night, I lay down to go to bed. I feel like I just closed my eyes. And... You guys know when you're falling asleep, sometimes you get like a floating feeling or like you're falling or something like that? Well, I got a different feeling. Um, it was like a weight being pushed down on me. From my head all the way down to my toes, I felt like a weight. And I kind of blew it off at first because I thought, you know, I was falling or floating or whatever. It was that kind of feeling that you get when you're falling asleep. And I didn't think much of it 
until I heard the springs in my bed underneath me like compressing. You know, when you get in the bed and you kind of shift around, you hear those springs move, that, I heard that noise. And then I started to hear like my head sinking into my pillow. I could hear the pillow rubbing against my ears as I was slowly going deeper and deeper into my bed. So at that point, I was like a little bit worried. So I thought, you know, maybe it's just the, the falling feeling. And every time that happens, I just open my eyes and the feeling goes away. So I opened my eyes. And the feeling didn't go away. So at this point, I'm a little bit more concerned. So I said, you know what? I'm going to sit up. And for sure, this feeling is going to go away when I sit up, right? Well, as I go to sit up, I realize I can't move. Can't move my feet, arms, legs, nothing. The only thing I can do is look around and blink. That's it. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can call out to somebody in my house and they can come and help me. So I go to open my mouth and I can't say anything. Nothing is coming out. So at this point, I'm in full-on panic mode, right? Freaking out. I can't move. I can't talk. All I can do is blink. What is happening to me? Oh, no. What is happening to me? And it's in that moment, in that instant of panic that I remember what we were talking about that night in the Bible study. Learning about the armor of God. So I started praying. I prayed as hard as I could to myself. I couldn't speak out loud, but in my head I'm praying. And as I start to pray, I feel the weight slowly get lifted off of me. And in that first moment I could, I open my mouth up and I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave here now and never return. And in that moment, the weight was gone. And a rush of warmth and peace just flowed over me. It was incredible. Now guys, not Everybody in here, actually most people in here, most of you guys aren't going to deal with something like this. And that's okay. For, for a lot of you guys, you're going to deal with much more practical things instead of like dealing with some sort of weird force hovering over you in the middle of the night. For, for some of you, it's going to be like you're super stressed out and you're going to feel like everything is going against you and you're going to feel like the world is totally against you. Well, it is. But that's going to be your practical struggle in these spiritual battles. Now, whether you find yourself in this power encounter dealing with spiritual forces or you find yourself in just a practical encounter dealing with spiritual forces, no matter which side you're coming from, the armor of God is going to cover you no matter what. So each day, I want you guys to think about that. Pick up your armor of God. Put it on. Wear it. It doesn't matter. Don't wait for the spiritual battle to happen, right? It's like the dude riding the motorcycle. He can't put on his helmet in the middle of a car accident, right? It's the same thing with us. Put on your armor early. Walk around with it. Then you won't get touched. 
That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you guys. Know yourself, or know your enemy, know yourself. You never lose. So this, at this point, I want to put up some statements on the screen. And I want you to say them aloud with me, guys. Now, I don't want you to do it like you're in the library and you're trying to be quiet and cool and whatever. Don't try and be too cool for this, all right? I want you to be like you're at the Battle of Flowers Parade and one of the Fiesta Queens goes by on, on one of the floats and you go, show me your shoes! And then she like, pull it, yeah, pulls it out. You guys don't like it or what? I even wore brown socks today, not white ones with your brown shoes. Look at that. I know a little bit about stuff. So that's how I want you guys to yell it out as we go through it. So we're going to start putting them up on the board, and uh, I want you guys to say it along with me, okay? Here we go. You ready? All right. I am wearing the belt of truth. Next one. I am wearing the breastplate of righteousness. I am wearing the shoes of peace. I am holding the shield of faith. Awesome. So this next one. All right. So we're going to say it one more time. But I want you guys to, to think about this a little bit. This is the helmet of salvation, right? For some of you guys, you walked in here without that. You've never crossed that line of faith. You've never thought about it until today. Or you've been thinking about it, but something's been holding you back from taking that step. So right now, when we say it again, this is your chance to proclaim that you do, in fact, believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on that cross, taking away all of our sins, taking on all of our sins, even though he was blameless and perfect. So by saying this and believing in it, really the belief behind it is the thing. This is just a proclamation to the world, what we're going to say out loud. But in your hearts, in your mind, the best way you know how, I want you guys to believe that Jesus did all those things for you. Now, for the rest of us in here, that you walked in with that belief and you walked in with that helmet of salvation, I want you to scream it out. I want you to scream it out like, you, like if you were at the AT&T Center tonight and Kawhi Leonard came down the lane and threw down a monster dunk on top of Zach Randolph's face and he like fell into the first row and then fireworks shot off after that happened, okay? I want you guys to scream it out in the same exact way. Okay, you guys ready for this one? All right, so here we go. One, two, three. The helmet of salvation. Awesome. The next one. Spirit. And finally, we are all wearing God's armor, guys. That's what we got. Yeah. Every single day, every single moment, when you wake up, when you go to bed, you put on that armor and you make sure that it's on and it's fastened because these guys are going to come at you all the time. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. We pray that you would be with us each and every moment of our lives, that you would remind us daily to take up your armor in the midst of these spiritual battles that we find ourselves in. Thank you for going ahead of us. 
and for winning this war for us. We will lean on you every single time we come against evil rulers in this world. Every single time we come against authorities of the unseen world. Every single time we come against mighty powers in this dark world. And every single time we come against the devil himself, we will lean on your power and rest safely in your armor. We know that we will be victorious through you and what your son did on the cross. Every single time we will be victorious through that act. We thank you so much for giving that to us, Lord. We know we don't deserve it. We didn't do anything to earn it. And we are so grateful that your son died for us. We love you so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.